0: On your this is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron,
1: Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I am joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Steve. We are recording at the halftime of the Patriots game, Um, so that that's an issue, but uh, we I don't really want to talk about it that much. But this week is one of the big reset weeks of the year. Uh, you know, it comes after like New Year's Eve and stuff like that, but the week after Thanksgiving holy smokes this weekend (laughs) did I ever treat my body horribly and it's like I need to go on every cleanse in the world I need to get on the feed get all my nutrition products I need to figure out my life after this Thanksgiving weekend hold that thought for a second because I want to get back to that (laughs) and as always we got Trent Fontanella Trent you are not at the house of Sav. where are you at right now no, I'm not. I am in Portland, Oregon, gentlemen, and Mikey you said you didn't want to talk about the Patriots, but I guess i got to bring it up one more time here. I guess we're doing it. Huh? I uh, guess we're doing it. Last episode, I think we all went on a whole rant about how we are an anti-flu shot podcast, and we, <laughs> we were thinking that it just makes you sick and it, it's awful. Well, right now I'm watching the Patriots play an absolute, you know, shit half of football and I all week I heard about how everybody had the flu and had illness I think only two guys are held out but it looks like the whole team has the flu right now out there they're all playing awful um so they should have got their flu shot I think I am a convert unless things turn around totally (laughs) the second half here I'm getting a flu shot you know tomorrow morning first thing first thing in the morning (laughs) yeah it's it's not pretty out there but anyways Mike you brought up the uh, you brought up the topic of uh, not treating yourself very well over the past couple of weeks and needing a nope. reset. Well, I I am coming off of a vacation week, right into Thanksgiving week. Just completely destroyed myself. Completely did a, un, undid a whole bunch of training that I had been building up to over the past couple months. So I decided this weekend I decided I needed a reset. And for two days I've been doing a juice cleanse oh. and. It is the most miserable thing I have ever done in my entire life. I am so hungry. I am so cranky. And I'm sitting there watching this football game, and it is just, it is the most miserable thing in the world. I'm never doing this again. I don't know how anybody does this. It is, it is pretty bad. Steve, can you please explain to me what a juice cleanse even, what do you just drink a bunch of orange juice and you just starve yourself? Is that what it is? No, I ordered this, like this juice cleanse offer online. And so they ship you like in in these like cold packages they ship you like a day's worth of of juices so they give you like six juices and you're supposed to drink them throughout the day as like meal replacement and so i ordered two days first day powered through like a champ i woke up this morning and i was starving drank my first juice and i've just been i've just been hungry the entire day i'm about to crack and and, you know pull up some leftover turkey and wolf some of that down if this patriots game doesn't turn around soon well so it's a meal replacement but like chips and salsa during the game is that like kosher is that good to go or is that is that against the rules i think it kind of defeats the purpose if you're gonna do what you gotta do or you know you kind of you kind of undo everything you're trying to do by drinking the juices Mm -hmm. steve this is this is terrible timing on your part Uh, i I was thinking there's terrible timing when is there a good time to do this because Because you you got a you got a refrigerator full of old thanksgiving food the, the, the leftovers from Thanksgiving is one of the best parts of Thanksgiving or any, like, big holiday leftovers of Christmas a few days after when you're just feasting on all that leftovers and all that, like, Thanksgiving sandwiches with that cranberry sauce side that you get to put with all that, that turkey and mashed potato. <laughs> uh, that is – you should have saved it. I would go maybe a week from now. Right is when you're, like, you know, a week later into that full holiday season of doing nothing and eating and drinking like crap. Um, yeah, poor timing. That's fair. That's fair. But, you know – in my defense, I gave myself a day on Friday to just let loose and eat as much leftovers as I could possibly have. So, like, I, I think I kind of OD'd on leftovers on Friday, anyways. But Trent, I trust me, I needed, I needed to do this reset, this cleanse as soon as possible after <laughs> there vacation. Was, there was no way it it was, was yeah. So here's the biggest issue with the Thanksgiving, you know, reset, right? It's because Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. So now you have three days, all weekend days. No other holiday guarantees a long weekend, three weekend days where every single day you're just like, "Oh, whatever, it's Thanksgiving weekend i you know we'll we'll worry about it on Monday, like one more cookie. it's not gonna make a big deal because I just you know unloaded on cookies and turkey and gravy the night before, so it's not a big deal. One more beer, it's not gonna kill me, right? So you do that for three straight days. Where it's just like you're you're resting on you know, what you already did on Thanksgiving, so then by the time Sunday night rolls around where well, we're all out, now, it's like oh boy, oh boy, that's I just uh I put my body through a lot a lot of hell right there. That's exactly why I chose this weekend because <laughs> you know, the damage was done and I, I knew I knew if I didn't do something it was gonna continue rolling through the weekend, something had to be done. It it, it adds up real quick. It does, it does. Oh boy, but it was a fun Thanksgiving. You know, had a lot of fun. Saw a lot of saw a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while. Ran two road uh, two races. I ran my alumni cross country meet. I ran a turkey trot. Um, so it was a it was a it was a just an all around great Thanksgiving. Did you guys run any races? Nope. No. I I did I did. Means I uh Mike is the only slacker on this <laughs> pod right here. I got up and Dreams out there. Trend these days. There was uh I actually I I kind of won my road race but i didn't wait win. hold on, what do you when mean you kind, kind of kind won of. So there, was a, <laughs> there was like a clock controversy where they screwed up the timing and i really didn't win but when they first posted the results my name was first on it so i can tell people that i won um it was great i like didn't even stick around for the awards i kind of went back like later in the day to talk to them because i didn't want to like i saw it as like no this, this is not right uh, but I, ignore, ignore what I just said. Mike, can you cut that out? I was the yeah, champion of uh, the Southborough 5K uh, Turkey Trot. Well, I yeah, Trent, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any kind of winning when you weren't or the first one across the finish line. Hey, but. The, the the printed out thing in the, in the gymnasium when I came in had my name first. That's all I gotta say. Fair enough. Congratulations, Trent. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um So hey, we have. A special treat for the listeners today, we have Peter Soufer on the podcast today. If you listened to last week's episode, Peter is the guy that that went out with a commanding lead, ran his ass off at nationals, hung on for fourth place, all American finish, um, and he became you know probably one of if not our favorite runners in the in the field during nationals. So um, we're gonna get into it. Our interview, Peter Soufer from Virginia Tech. Yeah, it's radical.
2: It's radical. It's radical.
1: So, we are here with two time cross country All American from Virginia Tech, Peter Sufer. Peter, welcome to Peak Too Early. Hey, it's great to be here. Oh, man. So, if anybody listened to our last week's episode, we did kind of a recap of uh, of nationals and if anybody listened to that episode they know that during nationals we became huge fans of yours because of your i mean you went all out you took the lead very early on it was a grind out performance
0: Dude, i mean just had to had to send it and see what happens <laughs> it was it, it really started to feel it but so
1: i got like, i got so much support from everybody after so my first question for you is like, when did you decide to do that? When did you decide that the game plan today was to just go all out, make a statement, and take the lead very early on, and just try to grind it out?
0: Um. So actually, the going in the race, my race plan that my coach gave me, I think was, I was supposed to just sit with the leaders, and <laughs> if one or two guys just went for it, I wasn't supposed to go for it or go with them. I was supposed to just hang back and wait. Uh, and then when I think it was one of the Alabama guys and two of the Campbell guys both made a move to the front right after, right around 1K, and that was just like, okay, well, this is like regionals all over again. I race the Campbell guys every year, so I was like, okay, we'll just we'll just go for it. And then yes, <laughs> I I starting and watch the clock, which was super confusing as it was because they had two pace cars and then you also had the finish line that had a time and all three were showing different times so i just got <laughs> super lost on that one i was like i don't think i'm going that fast right now i think this is a pretty reasonable pace and i was like i mean why would i slow down and let everybody else just get back in a better position where i just feel like Love just it. hold on and kind of just clip off like a tempo which is what i pretty much did the previous two races, so.
1: Dude, it makes me so happy to know that your game plan was completely different, and then when you're in the heat of the race, you're just like, screw it, we're going for it.
0: Yeah, I don't think my coach liked that that much, because (laughs) I did the exact same thing the first two, the (laughs) earlier, like, ACC's and regionals, it's like, just sit, just wait, and then nobody would go with me, and like, why? I mean, it's just, might as well. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so that's exactly what i was going to ask you right is your coach like it seems like you guys had like a you know pretty well thought out plan you probably went over it made sure everything was like you know foolproof and then you just completely went and did the opposite but you also finished fourth
0: so how pissed can your coach like really be right yeah i mean he he was sitting there waiting for me after all the interviews to so give me a hug as soon <laughs> as i saw him and he was so happy for me and it was just great because he was uh he was one of the he's my assistant coach when I started and did was just there for so much of it through the recruiting process Was one of his first years actually the full-time assistant and then um coach Thomas left and he stepped into that role and we'll always sit there and just jostle back and forth about what to do and what not to do but at this point he's just like you know you're you're just going to do your own thing. So sometimes <laughs> I'm just going to let you go.
1: Man, I, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, I, I've never done it on the stage that you did it on, but when I'm running, like I, there's nothing that makes me feel more uncomfortable than sitting in a pack. I'm definitely a person that likes to get to the front. I love to push the pace. I definitely don't want to oh, yeah. say it for the end, but like just something about sitting in a pack and like waiting for your time makes me so anxious. And like, I, I, I I never feel more uncomfortable than when I'm in the pack. So that's
0: usually uh I, I'm usually big, big just sit in the pack and wait for my time. I feel like I've done that so much in track, but this year I just felt so much more in control and like you're saying, the un that uncomfortable feeling of sitting in the pack, I definitely felt that more so this year. It's like I I have a longer stride and I just like to be able to just sit there and have open ground just to open up and go. just kind of control how you feel and just go with it for sure
1: so when you made that move right I think we we figured out it was around like two or two and a half k and then you you held it for I think till about eight and a half k so for you know the majority of the race you were leading and and you were leading by a significant you know a significant margin was there ever a point and when was it if there was that you were like Holy crap! I might win this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm I might be an, an NCAA champion right now. Um,
0: the I guess the thought always it was definitely creeping in my head yeah. around five six k. I'm just sitting there. I was like, I feel so good right now. Um, and then I think it was going. I think it was right at seven k. I started going up that hill. And just slipping and sliding, it was just getting terrible traction. <laughs> and I got to the top of the hill, and my legs were just feeling it. And I just had this feeling that the guys were catching up. And I think we hit a turn. And I looked back, I saw they were closing the gap. That's why I started getting very, very nervous. It's like, I, whatever I do right now, I cannot just throw in the towel as much as I wanted to. Yeah. I sort of wanted to. But it's like, I just can't just throw it all away and get absolutely destroyed. Like most people do when they, when they lead the race that long, they, you could go from first to 25th in a matter of a K. I just did not want that to happen.
1: Right. (laughs) So when we were watching live, you know, when you first made the move, me and Steve were watching together and we were kind of like, all right, we'll see if this kid hangs. And then you were, you were staying there, you were staying there. We're like, you slowly turned into our favorite runner in the field. We were rooting for you, <laughs> but you know, we still kind of had in the back with the dialogue, like, all right, man, like, yeah. do, do you think this, do you think he's going to hang up there? And I, I remember saying to Steve, I was like, Steve, what place do you think Peter's going to finish at here? And he's like, Dude, I don't know. I just, I just hope that when these guys come up on him, he responds and like doesn't get embarrassed out there. And lo and behold, you did, and you became a peak to early favorite as soon as, because I mean, you battled the whole way until the end of the race, and like you said, it, you very easily could have, you know, once you get caught, get sucked into the pack and end up finishing like 50th. But no, nah, you you hung on to the race, so you definitely made it exciting, and that is exactly the way that we want people to race. Like we talk about it all the time on the podcast, but this sport distance running in general has become so sit and kick heavy yeah. that seeing that effort, it's like, come on, everyone needs to race like that. I want every high school out there to, to watch that game film and, you know, learn something <laughs> it
0: was, from it. You know what I mean? It was so cool. I got so many messages, so many <laughs> DMS from various kids, high schoolers, college. And they just sent me a message. Like that was inspiring. Like, Thank you so much for like, doing that. It was just incredible to watch and all that. This is actually so cool. And it's gave me a lot more confidence going into this, these upcoming, I guess this upcoming season, just like, maybe this is, maybe this is going to become my thing. Who knows?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it worked for you. I mean, do you think it's going to change how you kind of race
0: going into indoor and outdoor? Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I think depending on the pace depending on the race i think i'm running i'll be running iowa state and don't think i need to do that there in the 5k because they always have some great rabbits that take you through 3k plus plus. <laughs> then um another big race is down in uh jdl down in winston-salem north carolina and that's usually i mean i think chalimo usually runs that one so i'm Definitely not going to be taking the lead on him. <laughs> I
1: don't you know, should, man. I, power think, I think it, power move it. I think <laughs> you should make this your thing. I think you know you should take the lead from the rabbit and just kind of just try to lead the lead the field that way. Make this like your your calling card. Just per, just pretend I mean, like you don't know who Paul Chalimo is and just you know put like a five second gap on
0: him. <laughs> he he did that to us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> two, two years ago, the rabbit just I think it was 800 in the rabbit just turns around and looks at the rest of us like um, I. I'm not going to go with them. So if any of you want to feel free But we're (laughs) chilling. So uh, one thing
1: that, you know, we were commenting on when you were, when you're racing, actually, even before you kind of broke away, you're a little bit more, you're a little bit taller than the field. You're kind of a little bit more built than the rest of the field. Just kind of an all around bigger runner. Um, How did you choose running? I feel like people of your stature kind of gravitate (laughs) to other sports. What, what was it about running where you decided like, this is my sport? I think what Steve's so, trying to say is we, we could have very easily seen you as like a, you know, wearing number 54 for Virginia Tech on the football yeah, field right. as like a middle yeah, linebacker.
0: Like a, a you know linebacker I mean? or a tight end or something. <laughs> right. They They tried to recruit me for football back in high school. I was like, ah, uh, no. Really? But no, like, the, uh, like my high school and middle school coaches would always try to get me <laughs> to go out. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to. I tried, did football in second or third grade. And then I think the following year I broke my arm, so I was just shocked. Cool. So, like,
1: do you ever, I mean, you know, you see some of these pictures online and like (laughs) the videos, and, you you know, you might, you're next to some like five foot six, like scrawny, you know, maybe 120 pound runner, and they're surrounding you, and you just, you know, I, I think that you probably, look bigger just because you're around all these scrawny little guys but do you think that's like an intimidation factor all like your size out there it's like you know does it give you a little sense of extra confidence
0: um I think it might in track more so than cross country you think so? cross country <laughs> so open probably more of a disadvantage but track kind of dictate where you place yourself in the race because most people I mean if I try to move in on the rail 95% of the time somebody's gonna move.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> my,
0: yeah. I mean, I think I posted an Instagram photo and I think the second picture was the uh, of the podium and I was standing next to uh, Connor Mance. Yeah. And one of the Alabama guys and everybody thought I was on a podium. Yeah, and I was like <laughs> staggered. I was like, no, no, we're, we're on a flat ground right here. These guys are just I'm just significantly bigger than them.
1: I did a double take on that picture. I know exactly what picture you're, ta- you're, you're, uh, you're talking about. I was like kind of scrolling through your Instagram and I was like, wait a second, is that from nationals? And I was like,
0: he's, he's a, uh, he's on a podium above everybody else. And then I realized, no, you're just taller than everybody else. No. Yeah. six three one seventy. 170. Just uh, not the typical distance runner mold.
1: Love it. I was a, I was a football player in high school and I sit very similar story. I, I switched over to running Cause uh, I was trying to like change positions, lose a little bit of weight. And I just, I fell in love with the sport and I, you know, I also liked the fact that I wasn't going to get pushed around by, by many people out there too. So um, football, different yeah. story. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I would like to think that you could probably out drink those guys as well too. Is that true?
0: Oh, I'd, I'd like to think so.
1: All right. Good. <laughs> I just wanted to check in and make sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a long week. Good. It's great. Yeah, we're coming off we're coming off uh, you know, an all American fourth place at Nationals and we're just at Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you uh oh. you had a nice enjoyable weekend for yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was great. Got to hang out with a <laughs> family and friends and not have practice looming over my head every day. Oh, that's beautiful. So it's nice beautiful. I see the Miller light in the video. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. right that's right, man. We're trying to get a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, we're I mean, working on it. Go for it. I think if I was going to get a sponsorship, I might go with uh, I don't know. I could be Natty Light or something.
1: i right, we'll, right. we'll cut that. We'll cut that. We'll <laughs> we'll edit we'll <laughs> in you saying Miller Light.
0: I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> so I I do on before we get too far the from the uh, the topic of Instagram pictures, I wanted to bring up this one picture you have from the 10K. I believe it was last May. Oh my gosh, you said no, it, is, it was two years hospital. ago. Oh, it was two
0: years ago. All right, can you tell yeah, a story so, about the 10K
1: putting you in the hospital?
0: It's happened twice now, so I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm. It's both both times outdoor track, so I'm very determined at this point. I'm never gonna have to do an outdoor track 10K again, but we'll see if that actually comes true. But so that one happened in it was NCAA East Regional in Tampa, Florida. My junior year, so I'm sitting there, and I think I was in – I was between 8th and 10th, I want to say. We're just sitting there clipping off times. It's me and all these – I mean, all these guys that ended up going on to be All-American. But I just remember being in the race, and then next thing I know, I'm just – like, it's black. Oh, I just completely, man. completely blacked out the last, I think 800 meters might've, I, I looked at the splits later and I closed my last lap in a 159. And I was, I was like, you sure? this Sure. They didn't miss a split. Um, <laughs> but I, I came back too and these trainers are putting, they're throwing me in an ice bath to get my core body temperature down because I was, it was heat exhaustion. And then they had to Rush and take me to the hospital, and that was a that was a traumatizing event. And then when it happened, it happened again at ACCs last year. Oh my god! Very very similar situation. Came back to, they're throwing me in the ice bath, and I was like, oh my god, not again. This can't so, be happening again.
1: So six three one seventy, awesome, <laughs> awesome for cross country I'm on a hot track. Yeah. I don't know, man. Oh I no, know. you might might need to might need to drop down
0: to the 5k. That's what I'm trying to do. Usually, just do the 10k for points, but after that, I'm, Coach, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> 10k is the that, worst. Yeah, it's just not fun. It's 25 laps. Nobody wants to run 25 laps. No, it's just so boring. Nobody wants to watch that. <laughs>
1: So our, uh, our third host, our co-host, uh, Trent, is not here today. But I'm going to ask a question that I'm sure that if he was here, he would definitely ask. He's big into the, you know, look good, feel good, feel good, run good type mentality. And okay. you are a big half tights guy. Yeah. So half tight you. Has, has that always been, you know, your thing? Is Is that a... Uh, you know something you developed in college at one point did you you know because I feel like most runners start at least at some point with the you know short shorts the split shorts or something like that to be a distance runner and and move to the half tights I feel like that's a a college a college transition
0: so when when did you become a half tights guy and and why did you make that move Um, so actually I in high school cross country we always wore short shorts so, I always, that was always a short, short move. But then track, our uniform was half tights. So, I've just oh. been so used to the half tights. And then when I got here, I mean, almost everybody on our team races in half tights. So, I just got so used to it. And it's like, okay, well, it, I'm just familiar. So, I'll just keep it up. But I had to, I wore the black half tights for NCAA's because. I am not not I don't try to be too uh too wary of things like this but I feel like that our black uniform top is just cursed. I think I've always done so <laughs> bad in
1: it. Oh, no, that's 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 100% a thing. If you if, think something's cursed, then it's cursed. You got to You don't yeah, believe I, in If you don't believe in superstitions, then you don't belong anywhere near the world of sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got
0: I've got everything down to at this point. It's like the race routine, how I have to go through everything. It was like, I'm not changing it. It's working right now. I'm not changing it. (laughs) So you're a senior and I'm sure
1: you're thinking a little bit about what you're going to be doing after college. Um, any thoughts of, uh, of going pro? Uh, Do you think that this is something that you can, you can make
0: happen? After Saturday's race, I was, it was definitely looming a little bit more and you start getting all these hey, former teammates and stuff talking to me about people they've talked to like different agents and whatnot. And they ask questions and I really, really started thinking about it more and more, but I'm in the, in the mode right now where I'm just kind of trying to take it one season at a time, get through indoor. And then I, I'm finishing up my eligibility indoor, take a quick break and then try to, get that uh olympic trials qualifier mm-hmm. and just kind of see where those see where it goes from there yeah I, mean, I, think, the I think i think
1: a race like that you know i mean you said a lot of people reaching out to you you have former teammates teammates you know bringing something like going pro up for probably the first time in your life but you have a race like that where you you make a big move and you you hold on and you make you start to make a little bit of a name for yourself that starts to become like a real thing you know
0: yeah I mean, I've got uh everybody all my teammates make fun of me because they say my social media game is too weak. I need <laughs> to get it. I need to work on it more. I was like, ah, I mean, I've just never really thought about it. But yeah. at this point, it's like, okay, wow, this is racing against some of the best guys. It's it's, it's almost like U twenty three world championships. You got guys from all over just these stellar athletes. If you can hang with the best, try.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, we had
0: We uh,
1: had Sam Parsons on a, a few episodes back. And, you know, his thing was he never considered going pro. He said he didn't think that was an option for him. And it wasn't until, like, he put himself out there in, in a cross-country race his senior year where it's like, this could be a real thing. You know, I can compete with with anybody in the world.
0: Yeah, I actually – so I've, I've raced him several times because he went to nc state yeah Um. and he's also he's at tin man with drew hunter and mm-hmm. patrick joseph patrick joseph is one of my teammates and i've just known drew because he's a uh, virginia high school boy That's right. and he's like best friends with two of my teammates so uh gotten i actually saw i think it was before nuttacomb they posted a video of uh, Parsons he made that it was his senior year he made that big move for the lead and Justin Knight just came flying past him but he comment he made a comment in uh in that comment section about like yeah most people see this kid getting out kicked by a future national champion but what you don't see is like this kid putting himself out there and just sending it and seeing what can happen and i that yeah. actually resonated with me a lot i
1: can imagine <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think you you put yourself in a very similar position where you made a name for yourself and i mean obviously you know it caught our attention and i think caught a lot of uh, a lot of the running world's attention but so you know we're talking about this discussion about you know potentially going pro and you know that is now in in your mindset. So I'll give you an offer that we gave we've given to a lot of people on this podcast. <laughs> I know we were in pretty deep negotiations with uh, Jess Harris from Notre Dame and uh, Morgan Ooh. McDonalds from Wisconsin. You know we we had these negotiations and eventually we we narrowly lost out. But we are offering we'll, we'll offer you a thirty rack of miller light if uh if you want to run for uh you know SAV running or you know we're a peak too early podcast uh singlet for, for the next few <laughs> years so you know no, just keep that in the back of no. your mind when the when the negotiations start happening we're uh
0: yeah we're... definitely not gonna say no right out the gate <laughs> yeah gotta, definitely gonna consider it but I'm, I'm gonna wait until this eligibility runs out we'll All definitely right. have to get back to you on that i mean if if it makes a difference i'm willing to say you know
1: 224 packs maybe. whoa whoa what do you Maybe it's thirty and a six. I don't know if we can go up to two twenty four.
0: Well,
1: we'll get with our, you know, HR department and we'll, we'll see what we can work out for you.
0: What, what were you offering, Morgan McDonald?
1: Oh, we offered him the same thirty rack, thirty rack. Little light. Okay. okay. He lost out narrowly to Under Armour. Yeah, we he uh, it came down to the final day and he just you know, he went with them <laughs> instead. Yeah, those big, those big companies trying to bully the little guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is what it is, man. You know, we're, it's it, it's a, it's part of the game. Oh, <laughs> uh, Peter, this has been uh, a ton of fun talking with you. Uh we don't want to take up your whole night, but we end every interview with a game. So Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, Peter, we got oh, down yeah. the home stretch for you. So we're gonna rapid fire questions. We pick a specific topic and we just focus on those questions for this segment. And you're uh you're a yes, finance Jared.
0: major, right? Is that correct? Oh, don't don't hit me with these questions yeah so know, we're I'm gonna ready for that. Finance, finance is <laughs> in your in case uh, the topic.
1: professional running thing doesn't work out right <laughs> yeah. so well, finance is your topic steve is gonna start us off the timer starts with steve's question let's do it uh got any hot stock tips for me
0: dude. um right now not really big Lulu, okay. <laughs> big lululemon fan now
1: oh good cool. all right <laughs> All right, so well, the half tights—that that works out perfect. Uh, yeah, maybe I can get a sponsorship from them too. <laughs> yeah, P- Peter, why why do we still use pennies? Can you explain that to me?
0: You know, I asked one of my professors that freshman year, and I don't even think he could give me a straight answer. <laughs> um,
1: how much of my portfolio is it accept is acceptable to have wrapped up in the Patriots winning the Super
0: Bowl? <laughs> oh, I mean, you gotta start out with. I really don't like the Patriots, so <laughs>
1: okay.
0: All right, next question. <laughs> next. Question. I have like seventy-five percent. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, I mean, you might as might as well go hundred.
1: <laughs> Fair nothing. enough. Fair enough. Uh, who is this Dow Jones guy? I Keep
0: hearing about. Uh, I don't know. I think he. I don't know. Maybe he sells <laughs> something on the street. Yeah, I think. So.
1: <laughs> who was your least favorite professor?
0: Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, They're definitely probably, listening right now. So probably my chemistry teacher. You just put me to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I should say that, but.
1: Uh. <laughs> uh, have you seen the movie The Big Short? I have. What the hell is that movie about?
0: <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I was just too focused on Margaret <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna ask. And her little, in, her little insert scenes—you just get. Captured by those.
1: <laughs>
0: I was gonna ask in five seconds
1: or less. Can you explain the mortgage crisis to me?
0: Oh, <laughs> huh. I probably should be able to, but I'm gonna take a rain check on that one. Gotcha. Yeah, maybe, Mike, should,
1: him, <laughs> maybe you should start thinking about this professional running career. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mike, hit him with the last question. All right, if I just pay off all of my credit cards with other credit cards and loans. How long do you think I can make it with, you know, being rich? I well, think forever,
0: right? I mean, I think forever, too. I think I can As take long, it to if the you just If you just stay moving, <laughs> they can't catch you. No, there we go. It's like that movie. Unless Tom Hanks is after you, then you might catch you. Ah,
1: there we go. Another. It, catch me
0: catch me if you can. That's yeah.
1: right. <laughs> Great
0: movie. Great movie. uh Peter.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast. It's been a lot of fun talking to you and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to watching you in indoor and outdoor. I appreciate
0: it. Thanks for having me. down. So you
1: are a All right, so that interview with Peter Suffer is brought to you by the Irish Clover Five Miler that's happening in It, Massachusetts this coming March, and the Peak Two Early Boys are sponsoring a $250 prize on the men and women side. So come out, win you some money. Uh, Trent, that was an awesome interview with Peter Sufer. Uh He is the you know the kind of runner that we. We try to promote on this podcast, right? You don't need to be your ideal, you know, body type or be a certain mold. You just gotta be a tough grinder, go out there and do your thing. So it was fun talking to him. Uh that that was our second take at that for everyone here. <laughs> and the first time around, I had a funny joke to make fun of Mike uh and a misstep that he had. And he didn't he didn't introduce it this time. So the world will never know. But I want you guys to know. It was, that, it, was that it, wasn't that funny, it was it wasn't that funny, Trent. It wasn't that funny. No, it wasn't. Um all right. So we got a little bit of news in running. We're going to try and blast this quickly um, just to touch upon it. The first one that I want to talk about is the what used to be the IAAF. I still, on the first time around, I couldn't get it right either. But what I does think that actually stand for? I don't know, but it doesn't matter anymore, Trent, because it is no longer called that. It's called World Athletics. That's it. That's what it's called. That's seems. That That's like pretty in line with the world stage, right? Because don't, don't like Europe call track and field like yeah, athletics, athletics or something? Yeah, I, I think that was one of the A's in the acronym in the first place. It just <laughs> sounds a little bit better. So, anyways, the world athletics, they had like their athlete of the year, basically like track and field running MVPs announced. Um, and on the woman's side, it was the uh, 400 meter hurdler from the USA, Diliad Muhammad. And I think I mispronounced that, but hey, um, I don't have a ton of takes on that because I don't know all the logistics that go into it. Um, I just, I'm sorry, I just got to give a big congratulations to her. I mean, she, she yeah, deserved it. She had absolutely. a killer year. She, mm-hmm. she is somebody that we followed closely <laughs> as a podcast. Uh, we've been supporting we, her from, from day one. And I'm I mean, really she proud had of our her. Votes. Sure. Yeah. We've been saying that the whole way. I think our ballots got lost in the mail as a media, one of the prime media um, outlets for the sport of track and field, or athletics, as they'll call it. Um, So I'm not sure why we didn't get our voting, but I know we would have voted for her. Yeah. So, uh, and then on the men's side, our guy, Ilyud Kipchoge, took home basically the MVP. So it's weird because, like, they mix, like, track runners and marathon runners. It's hard to, like, compare them because Kipchoge only ran two races this year, and one of them was the... Uh, you know, 159 challenge, so that wasn't even a real race, so he only really raced once, but he did break two, he broke the world record, uh, a lot of people are talking about you know, the shoes, and the fact that he only ran twice, and that he didn't actually deserve it, whatever man, he's he's the greatest of all time, he's the GOAT, maybe it's a little bit of a lifetime achievement award, but I'm fine with it, I don't know man, I, I totally agree that he is the the greatest, the GOAT, the lifetime achievement, but I feel like that that contrived marathon should not contribute to him winning awards by what is it the WA now the World Athletics yeah, World Athletics <laughs> I feel like there's a missing letter at the end the corporation <laughs> the association the the league the whatever um yeah I don't know dude I feel like there's no way you could argue that that didn't go into it and I would say that that shouldn't contribute to it cuz it's not you know a, a sanctioned event this is not like the the best runner, like, most badass guy. This is a, you know, a, I don't know what they're calling it, the most valuable player award for from the WC, from, like, an official organization. It feels a little... I don't know. I'm out on it. I'm out on it. Count so, me out. So, Trent, who, who do you think should have won instead? <laughs> Mike, this is not it's not about <laughs> that. My take is about Kipchoge and how he should not have won. That's fair. Uh, that's what about fair. Chariot? That guy dominates. That guy oh, just, true. like, wins every event. Or, um, Actually, you know, that's... A- you know, trying. I put you on the spot there because I was trying to make you look like a fool. That's not. That wasn't a bad. Uh, yeah. That wasn't that throw out there. That guy it's, wins everything. The guy never Good loses. Good for we, us. That guy never loses. We never lose. We. we I mean, we got it back him. He's the guy that we, we put some big money on him uh, earlier in the right. year when we could. So. <laughs> what do you you think? So you think it's okay to give this out? Um, I would agree with you that it's a little iffy to factor that in. Um, but I mean, he still broke. Even put that aside, he still broke the marathon world record this year. So, I mean, that's pretty huge. Um, No, 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 yeah, he did. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, his actual race. But, I mean, then you can make the argument a woman broke the woman's marathon record this year and that she didn't win. So, I don't know. I mean, I love Kipchoge. I'm a big fan. I have obviously been a little skeptical and not fired up about the 159 thing in the past. So... I don't have a good argument against him, but I'm also not like, I guess i could go either way. I'm wishy-washy on this one. Okay. Well, I, I actually take a real stance here and, and uh, <laughs> feel strongly. So I guess just to you. I'll say, yeah, I'm big time Kipchoge. <laughs> he absolutely deserved it. I mean, he's the greatest. He's the greatest to ever do it. And I think he, even, even though, even if it was a lifetime achievement award, he was still proving this year that he was on the top of his game, still at peak performance, still doing his damn thing. So I think I'm okay with it. All right, let's get away from that side of the running news. I have one more piece of running news that I want to bring up because I especially want to talk to you about this, Trent. Nice. Um, being a fifth year senior yourself, you know, back in the day you were a fifth year. I want to talk about this storyline. The second runner for BYU who just won the national championship, the number two runner. I think he finished like 18th in the nation. He wasn't a fifth year. He wasn't. A sixth year, he wasn't even a seventh year. Ooh. The man was an eighth year senior at BYU. I oh, mean, boy, unbelievable! It's laugh out loud funny just hearing that. An eighth year senior, I mean, Trent, we, you, you have talked very publicly about how being a fifth year senior is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Live in the dream, never letting it go. Why didn't you go a full eight years, man? I I am so disappointed in myself. Uh this this guy knows what he's doing. I like know. this is the smartest is just, guy in America. He's gonna come back next year, too. Like nothing is stopping him. <laughs> uh what a savage. Just refuses to be denied from going to college. Um, I guess I totally misunderstand the NCAA. I thought it was, you know, you get that five and or four and five, and then you make special waivers for a sixth. Mm -hmm. And then I think I heard, like, a one-time thing about a seventh. But, like, that shit's not okay to do an eighth. That's crazy. All right, so this is the BYU special here. Yeah, yeah. So he gets there, and he does two years of mission, right? So he gets that two years right there. Then he comes back the next year and takes a red shirt, so, like, just like your classic freshman red shirt. He comes back the next year, gets a legitimate injury, so gets a waiver to get a second injury redshirt, I guess. So that's four years right there, and then he's got the final four years on the back half. What I want to know is, I know what you were studying as a fifth year, like you were taking some joke like one class just to like make it official, what kind of class are you taking as an eighth-year senior in college? Oh, my God. This is this is making me just want to quit the podcast <laughs> and go back to school. No, when I when I was doing it, I mean, it was a joke because I had one class, and that was it, but it was a real class. So the way, you know, if you go to a college like Stonehill that didn't have graduate programs, you have to be working towards your degree. So I actually dropped out of my capstone my senior year, like, halfway through the semester because there was some like paperwork jam. I had to like withdraw actually. It wasn't even a dropout, it was a withdraw, which all the academic advisors like, don't do it, don't do it. And I was like, nah, I gotta do it. It was like March. I remember going to my professor and be like, You're not gonna believe this, but I'm just not gonna finish the class because you're already halfway done with your capstone. Um when you get to the the realm of the eighth year, that's when it gets fun. That's when you get like the Matt Liner like ball dancing stories. Uh trying to think like at sona if there was any kind of just like gym classes i could take uh any kind of
2: <coughs> shout out like
1: bloomer wilcox uh you could take a singing class oh i mean i don't need one but i certainly <laughs> would sign up for something like that uh just spend all your time becoming like a professional singer that sounds pretty good yeah so i mean it just I mean, the reason it was a storyline is because people are kind of like bitching about it and being like, "Oh, this is unfair, yada yada." And it's like, give me a break, come on, it's funny, it's hilarious, and the idea of having an eighth year senior is is you know an enjoyable thought to me, and just kind of processing what you're doing as an eighth year senior. But yeah. kind of any advantage in like trying to like downgrade BYU because I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. No, I mean, I, I don't, I can't. I don't think you can say there's no advantage, right? Like, if you uh, just, you know, they say a a distance runner peaks, you know, late, what is it, like mid-30s or early 30s or something like that? So I think just giving the extra time to do the training. in. But let's not single out BYU for this year. I know they have the special, like, program where, where guys come in and they're there for a long time. But you get people from all over the world at all different ages that are running, you know, in college, right? Um, it's not like everybody that that shows up to college is an 18 year old freshman um, when they walk into the door. People are doing prep years and all that sort of thing. So, um, let's uh, I think there's an advantage to it, but you know, it's it's strategy. You know, they gotta, you know, your school should start sending people on missions and and whatever. Um, I can't I can't like hate BYU for it, but it, it's yeah, a I... it's a little secret advantage they do have. I mean, l- let me put it this way, Trent. The reason that I didn't go to college until I was 26 years old wasn't because you know the NCAA had some like rules against it and wouldn't let me do it it's because I couldn't I, I wasn't smart enough to pull off the eight-year college train I mean if, if I had known and if I had thought it over again I would still be in college right now um, but I mean like what's stopping somebody from just starting college late and you know being a 26 year old like is is that some kind of disadvantage or cheating or whatever? Like we're going to give somebody a hard time if they take three or four years off, go to work, then come back and want to, you know, run and go to college. I, I think the argument that it's some kind of, it's disadvantage. There's so many other things in NCAA cross country that you can point to that are advantages and this and that. And the other thing that I, I think this is not, it, it's a non-story except for the fact yeah. that it's funny. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I think the biggest story is that we all screwed up by only going to school for four years. We'll yeah. be better next time. Next time around, Mike, I'll, I'll figure this whole college thing out. That's right. Next in our next life. Um. All right. So this was the part of the show that we were supposed to do. listener questions, and uh, I'm not gonna get into it because this is, you know, this story happens for me every three or four months with a uh, phone uh, technical difficulties. Long story short, we're gonna do the questions next week so instead i wanted to talk about a a, a different subject here trent and this is something that our uh, friend group has dabbled in a little bit here this um i remember when we were in college we haven't really stayed super true to it but we started this challenge to see um how long we could go with breaking the five minute mile barrier were you a part of this trent yeah, I mean, I was a part of it in, like, saying I was a part in of theory, it. Yeah. Did I did I ever actually do it? Uh, I feel like I, I kind of did it, because there yeah. was, like, times where I was still fast and running road races, and I think I, like, you know, got it or whatever, but uh, that's one of my biggest regrets, is not taking that seriously. I, yeah. I really wish I could slap around, like, fifth-year Trent and be like, get, just, like, get on the grind. You're going to, like, care about, or it's going to be cool if you have this in five years. Yeah. So the idea of it is great, right? So here's the the concept of it is like everyone puts in $20 to, you know, this whatever pool every single year. And, you know, every year you have to break five minutes in the mile and it doesn't matter when you do it. You just have to do it in the calendar year. And as long as you do it once, then you stay alive and it keeps going and growing and growing and growing. And the pot keeps growing until, you know, hopefully 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. It is only one person remaining who can still break five, and then they get the pot of money that is sitting there. And again, in theory, that's a great idea. The problem is, you know, keeping a group, you know, we have a hard enough time getting people to pay up for like, a, you know, one year of fantasy football, let alone 30 years of this challenge. Um but it is a great idea. And, you know, if you're still in college and you're still, I, I would say, give it a try. See if you can get do it. But I guess where I want to go with this trend is, and this is going to change over time, right? Like through, through ages, it changes. But what is the minimum amount of training? Let's start at like your college ages and then go upwards. What is the minimum amount of training you need to do to get to that five-minute barrier every mm-hmm. year? So let's start, like I said, you know, as a 21-year-old kid, how much how much training do you have to do to get that barrier? All right. So thinking like I graduated school, winter graduate, I could have taken weeks off and just yeah. got on the track and do that, I think, right? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. As long as as I uh, had run, you know, trained in the previous like couple of months, I feel like I could have rolled out of bed and done it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think those first two or three years, you can pretty much just i mean and there might be some days that you go out there and you fall short but if you do it a few times a year and just like not really put much training into it you're gonna get it done can i can i just can i just get in real quick i am sorry to all the listeners out here that aren't like college <laughs> oh, athletes because i am realizing how much of a hardo we sound yeah, like so yeah you guys just skip forward this i i sound like a jerk sound like a a big a hole. So yeah, just just skip this part. Um, well, I mean, once we get back to the conversation, <laughs> You know, if, uh, moving forward a few years, it becomes a little bit more, you know. Yeah. It, it all it all evens out eventually. All right, so let's like bump up to like our current stage, right? Like you know, 26, 27 year old. You know, maybe hobby jogging, maybe training a little bit here and there for certain races. How much effort do you have to put into breaking five then? So, I'm. Um pretty confident I could break five tomorrow. I think I could get on okay. train tomorrow. Now I've been running though. Like I'm not training. Definitely wouldn't call it what I'm doing training. And I'm not like on any kind of schedule, but I'm I'm exercising daily is basically what it's at. Like I'm getting some good runs in or I'm getting a good bike in or I'm, you know, doing some core or whatever it is. So I feel like you just it's a more of a fitness level at this point. As long as I'm like keeping my body healthy and fit, I think I could do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I couldn't do it tomorrow. Um, but I think give me like one month and yeah. and I'll be we, fine. We saw up in the Fifth Avenue Mile. We were all either yeah. under or right there. <laughs> I knew you were gonna bring that up. <laughs> I'm gonna really talk about that one. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move it up. Let's move it up. Now we're like mid 30s. You're starting to get to that age where it's like, you know, I wish Steve was on the podcast. You know, Steve. <laughs> it's steve's world can we can we call steve in right now is he Uh, at work he's at work i think (laughs) so this is when it starts to get you know you have two options here one you're seriously running right you're you're on a like a schedule of this many miles per week and you're like maintaining it you know six days a week at minimum or you're you're gonna need at least like a three-month build-up I would think like yeah I think you need fast z- workouts in there you're y- right you either need to be training for something and be in like very good shape for your age or you need to train specifically for this you're not going to roll out of bed on a Saturday afternoon and you know go run a, a five-minute mile it's just not going to happen no no definitely not I think uh I think you yeah fitness or, or a couple good workouts like a Work out a week for, you know, six weeks or something could get you there. Yeah. All right. And then so the final stage of it is when is it like it's over? Like, forget about it. Don't even put in the time and the effort because it doesn't matter how hard you work at it. You just it's not going to happen. Like, this is a depressing podcast conversation. (laughs) I don't think I want to go there. It's like, when When do you lose all the When is it done, Trent? When, When is that five minute mile challenge? It's like. Well, hopefully I've won by now because it's done. I'm hanging if, it up. If anyone's breaking five minutes, I would think like to their mid 40s. That's that's pretty insane. I, I think late 30s, you, you know, I expect that people are doing it. Early 40s, you know, you're working your ass off. Like that's a big thing you're training for every year. When you get to that late 40s, like I'm saying, anyone that's doing it at like 40, 48 that's uh, i i think it's incredible see to me it's like early 40s it, like obviously can be done but i think the like the amount of work that goes into it you have to be pretty pretty serious and pretty into it for it to be worth it that i just don't know i will ever be at a point in my life where i'll be able to take it that seriously and put that much effort into it Oh, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about just, just like just in anybody. general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh although dude that man, it's it, I feel like part of the reason I don't wanna, you know, embark this challenge is how like quickly I would realize that I couldn't do it. And then yeah, that's just that's like way harder. it's way harder you know? than we're making it out to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I say I could do it tomorrow. Who knows? Uh yeah. Oh uh, scary thoughts, Michael. Tonight. It is. All right, Trentel, you got a, a uh, work dinner to be at in like, I don't know, one minute or something like that. So you might need to go break this five minute mile running down the uh, streets of wherever you are. Um, so what do you got for us on the bell app? Well, I guess I have two thoughts now. Cause my first one was I was thinking about maybe getting a lime scooter and, and doing that I'm in Portland, Oregon right now. So that could be fun as a way of making oh, us some could, time. We could get another topic in if you're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll- we can talk about my, uh, my crashing into a, a car with my Lime scooter as I'm cruising through red lights. But no, what I really want to talk about here was uh, a couple weeks ago, it was a, a late Saturday night. I think I had a, a few drinks in me at this point, or more than a few. And I was watching a little NBA on my league pass, and I got so pissed off at the NBA for their video replay. It was just killing the end of the game. Totally took momentum out there. Yeah, coaches challenge now, all this BS. Anyone that's a basketball fan realizes that video replay is killing basketball. I don't care if you get the call wrong once in a while, just don't like ruin the end of the game. So what I did was I sat down, I went on to the NBA.com and I found like the contact us page and I wrote a message to the NBA <laughs> and I like I wrote a strongly worded letter basically saying like you're ruining basketball. This is killing it. And uh, never, never expected anything out of it. But today, just like a couple hours ago, I got a reply <laughs> from Bill with Fan Relations in the NBA. What's up, Bill? Bill took the time to copy and paste some BS that wasn't <laughs> even really, like, addressing my question and sent it to me. And it also said, like, um, you know, thanks for being a fan. I hope you can you continue to, or I hope you enjoy the rest of the NBA Finals. For those of you out there, the NBA Finals is yeah. Year, we gotta you know, wait to go. This is, we gotta wait go. So he copied and pasted <laughs> a little sassy answer. That, hey, I think you made a mistake. You know, you must have copied and pasted the wrong answer. But the point is, Michael Michaelton, that the NBA took the time via Bill from Fan Relations to respond um, to my my feedback. So perhaps we should be taking some of our ideas directly to the WC, wait, WA, World Athletics? Yeah, the WA, WA, the NCAA, all these places where we, as a podcast, could, you know, significantly improve their product. It's time that we actually reach out because there are, there are bills and fan relations that will respond. Uh, I don't know. It's more fun to just kind of like bitch about it to nobody and, you know, not expect anything to actually change. And that's usually the way that I handle my problems, but what, what I got for on the Bell app is our design for our T-shirt is making its way out there. I know the winner of our contest, we're, we're getting that T-shirt ready to go for you. But T-shirts are on their way. And when they are, we're going to drop them on our social media. And uh, you'll have the ability to, to, to purchase them. And they're awesome. And what I want to say on top of that is I want to offer to our fans over the next two weeks, so this show and the next show, I want to put out a uh, challenge to our listeners. The best review on iTunes that we get over the next two weeks, you will be receiving a free T-shirt right off the bat like that. So now we're offering two free T-shirts. One to the winner of our contest and two to the winner of this best review on iTunes. So get on iTunes. Give us an awesome review. Make it funny. Make it cool. Obviously give us five stars. So that's all I got. Trent, send us off. Thanks for listening, everybody. I would have run faster, but I peeked too early. Mike,
2: hit me with a Josie! Josie's on the vacation far away Come around and talk it over So many things that I want to say You know I like my girls a little bit older I just want to use your love tonight from she nothing in my mind is making sense it's been a while since All right that was a
1: great interview with Peter Super from Virginia Tech dude is awesome and i mean really just embodies the uh, the kind of runner that we support on this podcast Not that we don't support all runners but that is really like you know our model type runner here. On whoa, P-12. whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, whoa! We do not <laughs> support all runners.
1: Michael,
0: slow your roll.
1: There is some runners that we certainly cannot get behind as a podcast. That's not something you to discuss right now. But well, just keep it. Well, that's true.
2: And I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of My cup is on the table I love the spirit The desert burns until you fall to meet I can could...